welcome, welcome, welcome to Planning Phase Syndicate, episode 54. Tonight, we're joined by Corey Held from the Brew Squadron to talk about list building, a little bit about list building, and the UK X-Wing Open. Essentially, what we're going to be doing is breaking down their top eight, kind of what the meta has shifted or changed to. There is at least one surprise in there. Um, a rebel list did not win. There you go. Surprise. It's out. You can see it. <laughs> um, but what we're going to do is we're going to transition that discussion and we're going to actually kind of talk a little bit about list building, some of the new points, <clears throat> values, and what we want to talk about is intrinsic value of a ship, right? And so the, the intrinsic value of a ship has essentially changed since we have, um, <laughs> I guess I'm zoomed in on the stream. Essentially, the intrinsic value has kind of changed since list building has started. And what we want to do is have a conversation around um, what does that mean? Where do we go from there? And, and, and how does it kind of affect list building? And we'll get to that a little, little bit later on in the show. With that being said, let me bring in my co-host and my guest for tonight. What's going on? Hi. Please, yep, please welcome JJ and Corey. How are you guys doing tonight, sirs? Doing well. Had a had a, a very very tight Kyber Cup match uh, last night uh, against my opponent. Uh, it went down to the final round, and it came down to one of my ships not dropping its cargo um, after getting shot, <laughs> which is a Y wing, and uh, it was very very close. But it was such a fun game, though. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I had a great game today too. Uh, on Exile, that was streaming, and and uh, we came down to we thought we were tied when time ran out and it, I was actually up by one point, but, uh, tried a new list out. It was fantastic. and just awesome fun. So I think it was uh 15, 14, uh, chance engagement. So chance encounter. So. Well, and I think that's awesome that you, there's some of these new list rules and the new points changes has kind of updated us and made, made it so that we want to um, play different things. I know I spent uh Friday night, putting away 80% of my old cards and getting out a bunch of new cards uh, minus my separatist list uh, that, 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 that I, I really built it with my Kyber cup stuff, but I, I left that, that intact. Other than that, I have, I actually will be playing on Monday, a rebel list. Uh, who would have thought that's not typically a Chris thing. And I put together a rebel list that uh, I thought would be fun. And no, it doesn't have Fen Rao and the Sheath of P though. Charles would tell me he hates Fen Rao, but there's been a surprise. Fen Rao actually might be good now. Who knew? Yep. Turns out I6 coordination is really good. Oh. Yeah. That's crazy. This is just crazy to me. But anyway, so good for good for Fen Rao that he's actually able to uh, be a part of something again. Anyway, other than that, um, the only other real big update is we want to remind everybody, if you are in Florida or know people that are in Florida and you would like to join our in-person um, tournament that JJ is putting on for Planning Phase Syndicate, it is July 9th, right? Yep, that's right. Yep. The Planning Phase Syndicate Showdown. Come on down. And GSP will be down there streaming it. So I think, I think we have... Uh, almost a third of the slots lined up for it, and later this week, JJ and I will be putting out some um, different uh, different stuff to show you what the prizes are. So we're gonna build a little bit of a graphic slide for you 
and we'll do a little short podcast where we kind of talk through the different prizes, what you can win, what's going to be raffled off, and um, try to get everybody up to capacity. Anyone have anything else? Any other updates on your life? Uh, no, just uh, just had a fun um, league night that we uh, we managed to uh, patch together and stream live on Wednesday. That was a lot of fun playing in person over there at the FLGS where the event is going to be held. Uh, that was a very, very close game, too. Uh, lost by one point on stream after we recalculate everything. But that was a, a ton of fun. Hopefully, we can get a few more um, in-person like uh, like streams like that. Those will be really fun. Awesome. <clears throat> All right. Well, with that being said, why don't we move on to uh, kind of talking. Oh, oh, JJ, I'm sorry. You did. You had something. You wanted to talk ahead of time about a new ship that that is yes. coming out. Um, That's right. Yes. So Thank why you very much. That first. So, um, so this came out from a unboxing video that uh, one of one of the YouTubers uh, Crybok had posted for the unboxing of the Outer Rim expansion. Now, if you're not familiar with that, is uh, Outer Rim is a uh, a board game uh, done by FFG. Uh, where you basically play the role of a bounty hunter and you're trying to collect bounties and compete against other players to gain fame from your actions uh, that you do as that character there. Now, in this expansion, they um, they added a bunch of new pilots as well as new, uh, rather, characters as well as new ships. And one of the ships that they added on here is the Airy, uh, which is, um, yeah, just for a little background, this uh, ship was actually originally planned to appear in Solo um, as the the carrier ship for Enfys Nest, where they actually would have deployed a lot of those um, those speeder hauler things that they were fighting the um, they were fighting Han and the crew um, in that uh, that ice train planet thing, um, but it never made the cut. And according to Lord, this is actually uh, this was actually scavenged from B wing parts, and I think they scrapped it just because the timeline wise it didn't fit correctly for that. Um, but nonetheless, this is the um, the ship that Emphis Nest uh, would pilot um, for her faction on this year. So um, normally, for for like these type of artwork to be like commissioned and everything like that, it has to be approved through uh, Lucas Film uh, for them to like put out this kind of graphic, and then they tend to use this graphic across all the Star Wars IPs. Um, typically, if you see something in in Armada or in, uh, Imperial Assault or um, or Legion, or uh, or X-wing, it will appear in some of the other stuff that Asmodee uh, covers. So this is a, a possible new ship that could be coming over to X-wing um, in the future, um, and that it's really exciting to see a new ship like this. Corey, do you play Imperial? I I don't play that any of the, the Outer Rim games, and I never have. So have you ever played those? No, I've heard great things about them, but not not played one personally. So what do you what do you think about this ship then? Do you do you do you feel this could be another addition? And I guess if it's Infus Nest, what what even faction would that fit in? Is that just become an automatic scum ship? I would think so. Although I would, to be honest, with seeing what they did with the Gauntlet, I almost wonder if we'll start to get some groups of ships that could be multi-faction yeah. uh, that aren't necessarily associated with one particular. And I think that's a way to bolster sales as well as, you know, just I love having a gauntlet be 
uh, you know, across faction. I feel like the value of that ship is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and stuff like resistance uh, needs help, right? Like resistance doesn't have uh, a whole lot to pull from except for that last scene where everything was there. So mm -hmm. having ships that are kind of more obscure be a part of something like resistance or, you know, uh, whatever would be pretty fantastic. So that might be a direction that they could go is kind of more of a universal uh, ship would be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I definitely agree with uh, this being cross-faction with Rebel and Scum, um, kind of similar to how the Skurg was when it was released in X-Wing at 1.0, um, when it had Captain Nim for both uh, Rebel mm -hmm. and Scum with different abilities. Uh, this definitely fits the bill for it. As far as the size-wise, I would call this probably a medium base at, at the smallest, but this could definitely fit like a large base as well. If it's meant to be like a carrier for smaller... Um, smaller little like raiders like that and if we're adding that in then it could be similar to like the man uh the commandos for like the mandalorian commandos like you could deploy like those those little raiders to go either attack other ships or try to grab objectives um which could add another element to the game so that's that could be something interesting now on wikipedia it had galactic empire as being affiliation is that not the oh. case for the area no, this one was specifically, oh, at least the area itself was specifically okay. uh, uh, run by Empress Nest. Now, the generic kind could be an Empire ship, which they could make that as cross-faction. Um, so in terms of X-Wing, the area could be a title that could be assigned only to either the Scum or the Rebellion-like um, ship. Gotcha. I think that would be cool. The other thing that somebody brought up was if you look here at this Magna Guard, there is this G9 rigged class light freighter. Right? Oh, yeah. That was at the top of this Magna Guard. Now, mm -hmm. I, I haven't been around long enough to know if we see something in one of these um, arts, does that mean we're going to get it? I don't know. You know. Usually it does. Yeah, I was going to say it usually does, yeah. Um, so somebody was speculating a little bit on this. And then I thought, I don't like the look of this ship at all. Personally. <laughs> it's ugly. I think it's this ugly. is the worst looking ship in the world. But hear me out. If think about it this way, if it was even a medium base and see here where you have your your wing and you have that weird little gun that's on the side. Can you imagine if you had a medium base and then a like another base right next to it? Or maybe it fits on a large base. But really what it is is a medium base and a small base together. And you had two different firing arcs. And then you wouldn't have it would be like two fixed firing arcs, and then you would get something where it would allow you to double tap or do something with it or equip a cannon to it or something. See, the way I, I would see the ship is is definitely a medium base. It would be a, a turret, um, and it also have primary front arc as well. Right. Um, and it would actually have S foils as well, um, on a medium base ship, which is something that we haven't seen before. Um, I don't, ex I, I mean, I could see this as a single crew carrier for medium base, um, and probably have like a cannon upgrade slot. I can see that. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see like a, a ship archetype like that, um, that we haven't seen before a medium base with a, uh, with a turret and the foils. So, yeah, I would see maybe, uh, it could also be like a jump master where it's got a cannon slot out of the front. Ah, yeah. And then it's got a two die rotating turret. Um, mm -hmm. maybe even a single like the jump master. So kind of mimicking that, 
Yeah. I don't know. That would be, uh, I think that would be extremely beneficial and fun. I don't know. I, I was kind of excited. Somebody posts that in one of uh, our uh, X-Wing groups. I don't know. I have no idea which one, but, um, <laughs> and so I pulled that out of there and I was, I thought I'd bring it up to the team tonight. Cause it's like, Oh yeah. I kind of want to know a little bit about that. So. I mean, Anakin did mess with it all the way through clone or, uh, yeah. Clone Wars. Yeah. So, through clone Wars. Yeah. Um, you know, by the end, I'm sure it was, it was in, you know, pretty good uh even though it was ugly so <laughs> <laughs> he never had time to paint it that's why yeah and they always had droids <laughs> you know on it so i mean it was r2d2 crew but ah. um it'd be interesting if it you know had a droid slot in it which would be kind of interesting for a, a larger base ship too so yeah yeah mm. that would be really cool all right well why don't we jump in really quick into um uh our discussion about, I guess it's not a discussion, but the breakdown of all the different factions from um, the X-Wing UK Open. I believe there was 74 players there this weekend um, out of however many they they could have. So I think they were scheduled to have like up to 160 slots and they had 76 of them or 74 of them show up. Um, here is your faction breakdown. Uh, you have First Order at 10, 17 Empire. 18 Rebel Yen, 8 Resistance, 9 Scum, 9 Republic, and only 4 Separatists. That's crazy, right? Yeah, and they're playing with the new uh, the new rules, right? Or the new points as well. The but new points, new, the new yeah, rules, wow. everything. But no new ships. Oh, they didn't allow the the new scum ship. Oh, okay. Right, that was so. That's something that I think okay. skewed this a little bit. Is is we didn't get, um, they didn't have the you know Cad Bane and and uh, the Rogue class in there. So, oh, okay, all right. But they did use sense. use all the new points, though. Correct, though. New points and new rules. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of crazy too, because that's a lot of um, that's a huge, that's huge, right? Um, this is so. This is the first big tournament that we've had um, that's had more than let's say twenty people at um, that has used all these new points. So right. All right. So why don't we talk about the top eight? And here's where. So they they did not use for whatever reason um, TTT for the the top breakdown. I have no idea why. It doesn't make any sense to me, but they did not use that for the breakdown. So with that being said, um, we have a couple of lists that I will have posted at the end that I'm not 100% sure which ones were in the top eight and which ones were in the top um, the top four. So because okay. they only were able to show I only was able to watch the four streams. <laughs> yeah. But, Let's talk about our winner. Martin Shivers. And JJ, you want to run that list down? Uh, sure. Give me just a second here. Uh, my computer's frozen. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> Bye -bye. All right. So it is a TIE Fighter Swarm. With Howl Runner, Crackshot, Swarm Tactics, Mauler, with Crackshot, Jamie Beam, which is kind of, it's that's hilarious because you never see a Jamie Beam on a TIE Fighter. 
Um, Scourge with Crackshot, Gideon with Crackshot Discipline and Precision Ion Engines, Iden Versio with Crackshot Disciplined Precision Ion Engines, one ISB Jingoist with Contraband, and a Wampa with Discipline. So what are your, your guys' thoughts on this list here? So I find it very interesting that he, the way that he equips Gideon and Aiden uh, to have disciplined equipped um, when he has Howlrunner to assist with the rerolls. Um, almost seems like, uh, like overkill. I mean, I guess that in the event that if your ships kind of get separated, um, it, it does allow for um, at least like making like smaller swarms to kind of converge instead of having one giant swarm just go in. Um, so it does allow for that strategy to happen. Uh, precision ion engines, though, on uh, on TIE fighters are really, really good because you can choose um, the direction you want to go. Instead of doing the 3K, you can do that three that sloop instead, uh, which makes it a lot easier for your uh, TIE fighter to execute that maneuver without being blocked and um, and still have a shot onto that uh, that ship here. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually... It's nice to see a tie swarm actually make it all the way up. I mean, I can't remember this last time when we've seen a tie swarm do so well um, in a tournament. It's been a long time. Corey, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty cool list. Um, tie swarms have always scared me to death. Uh, I still have kind of uh, flashbacks to a tournament I was in where I thought I did everything right and still just got wiped off the board with it. So um, I think the discipline is interesting because it does it does allow uh, some separation. I think that's one of the hard things in in 2.0, 2.5, the whole self bumping, uh, you know, with your friendly ships that. It does give you a little bit more um, space. Uh, and I think the crack shot in that amount of quantity is scary. Uh, I know that was a key thing in the game uh, for winning that game for him is just being able to push that damage through with the crack shots was was pretty crazy too. So um, I think it's really clever. Um, I don't, but uh, I think it's uh, very scary. Awesome. All right, so the next gentleman was, um, I call him Bart. I don't know how to say his full name. I apologize. Yeah. Bartage. 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 He's, yeah, he's actually for the Poland team, uh, yeah. the Poland XCC team, and he's actually been on our stream last year once or twice we had him on um, when he was doing yeah. his XCC games. And so, he is the only 6-0 and player. Yeah. He's a very, very good player. I mean, just watching a lot of his XCC matches uh, from last year, he is a very, very good player. And this list uh, can definitely do a lot of work here. Um, so the the list that he has here is a Rebel Alliance list. He has Wedge in the T-65 with Marksmanship, Predator, Proton Torpedoes, R3 Astromech uh, with the foils, uh, Luke Skywalker with Proton Torpedoes, Afterburners, and, uh, and the S-Foils, Fen Rao uh, making an appearance in the Sheath of Peach shuttle uh, since they dropped his points. He's he's starting to uh, to get out there and list. Uh, equipped with the Childs and R4 Astromech. And then Cole's, Colby Sperato, uh with Notorious R4 Astromech, Contraband Cybernetics, and Sever Motor S-Foils. Really solid list here. Corey, what are your thoughts? I'm not a Rebel player, so... Um, I, I think it's uh, super scary. Um 
Colby, I think, for four points is one of the better four-point ships right now in X-Wing, in my opinion. Um, I, I just think it's a great ship. It's cool to see it being used. It's it's interesting. Um, Proton torpedoes, I, I think it's a good choice. I, I wish they would go up in points. Um, <laughs> I just think they're they're a little bit crazy. Um, some of the spike damage and that kind of thing. I, I did find that I think his Wedge and Luke build-outs, though, from what I've seen, this is very different from other ones that are out there uh, with, with some of the loadouts that they've been doing with the, with this, especially Luke. Um, you know, like I've got a Luke Skywalker list and and uh, I went for safety. So I've got like elusive and brilliant evasion and, uh, you know, other stuff like that to keep them alive. Um, but uh, this is a very aggressive list and, and uh, pretty scary. Yeah, this yeah. is this is nothing but attack. If you yeah. watch any of the yeah. streams he was on, he he's a he's insanely aggressive with this list. Yeah, absolutely. And and I did find the the choice of afterburners um, instead of trick shot shatter shot on Luke um, to be really interesting considering the type of list that he was running. Uh, because if you do set it up correctly, that is a um, a potentially six damage that you could push onto an enemy. With trick shot and shadow shot with proton torpedoes, and then if you're sh uh, if they're shooting back at you, that is an additional die for defense that you're rolling for Luke, which makes him very very defensible. Um, but getting those afterburners, you you can really push the limit and get that boost, and then hopefully get into a target lock uh, at I five. If not, Fenrau can assist you with that target lock at I six if they if they're not in range. So yeah, very good. Yeah, you mentioned that trick shot, shatter shot. I don't believe that was ever intended to be together, obviously, because we yeah. only have talent and force. And I'm really nervous for what the correction to that is going to be, because it obviously it needs to come at some point. Um, yeah. But it makes me sad because I really like that that ships can have a talent and a force slot. It makes sense to me. But there's some abuse that was never intended to be there. That is now coming through and and that combo uh i saw a concussion missile from ahsoka that was mm -hmm. trick shot shatter shot concussion and all of a sudden it's a five dice concussion missile uh and there's no hope of doing damage back to ahsoka at that point because she's range three through a rock like you're never going to touch that ship and she could shoot it three times yeah mm -hmm. that's that's ridiculous so but solid list, you know, if you're going in a tournament, you know, he went with all guns blazing and and obviously it worked really well for him. So yeah, I do like the inclusion of the child on the list too, uh, just to give Fenral those passive mods to help him really um just focus on coordinating. And then if they do decide to come and tank him, he does have that passive mod uh with the child to help him survive. And um, and even though if they get a lock on him, that's fine. The rest of the ships are going to be safe. And if you're putting all your, your effort into taking out an I-6 coordinator, that's only worth four points. Uh, the rest of this list is going to come around and get you. So, like, it's it's good. What's your thoughts on the child versus K2SO? Because, like, to me, I would have – that's the route I would have gone because I could take it myself. But you could also pass it off to Wedge – you know, if you needed to, uh, to coordinate something else, like maybe Colby. Um, so the limitations, uh, while I do 
I think that K2SO is a worthy inclusion um, as an alternate to the child. The one thing that that gives it a drawback is that stress, right? Because if you're, especially in the beginning, um, if you're going very aggressive on turn one, giving off that stress onto a T65 mm. that only has the fastest as a two straight blue um, is going to limit their potential to go up to be sure. aggressive. So I think that in this case, um, for the way that Bartosz likes to play, I think the child was the better call for his play style. But if you're not going to be as aggressive, then K2SO all the way. Absolutely. Cool. All right. One of our top four, Edward Moreland. Corey, you want to run this list down? Sure. I'm surprised you didn't take it, though, with it being separatist. Yeah. Your, your baby. <laughs> I messed uh, it up. I messed them up. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> so we got Django Fett uh, in the Fire Spray, uh, Lone Wolf, Savage Press uh, for the Force, uh, Thermal Debts, False Transponder Codes, Delayed Fuses, Slave One, Veteran Tail Gunner. Um, we've got Grievous with Outmaneuver, Impervium Plating, and Soulless One, and Bombardment Drone. Um, prox with proxy mines, delayed fuses, and landing struts, uh, DFS081, uh, Vulture with Discord, independent calcs, and then separatist drone with Discord, grappling struts, and independent calculations. Yep. And this is an interesting list in and of itself because usually you see Django and a bunch of droids. And actually, if we go back to even before 2.5, if you remember, Corey, we were testing Django Fett and just droids mm -hmm. that I was going to run with um, what are the Crossroads event. Yep. Uh, and that was that was what I wanted to run was that specific list to some extent, you know, but I just couldn't get it to be viable enough. Um, so this is interesting, but it is Grievous, right? And I think in an objective world, Grievous is better um, than having two more droids, personally. I could yeah, be I had wrong. a list uh really similar to this i didn't go without maneuver on grievous but um i actually gave up the bombardment drone and the separatist drone for cad bane uh but same ship so django grievous cad bane and then dfs 081 um as a as a list that i was pretty excited about um it'd be really fun to fly i think Yep. Now, the only thing I would say here is if I, if it were me, I probably would get rid of the thermals and maybe put proxies on there um, and dump dump the slave uh, or the delayed fuses, I think. I think that's how I would go about it. But that's just me. That's a personal taste, I think. And he, notice notice what's not in this list. No Dooku. Yep. There's zero Dooku in this list. So Vajra Press is still 10 points, right? On, on, uh, yes. For points. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the right call. You get much more things added on to Django and you still have that force. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Yeah. I, I, and, and again, with, if you could argue dumping Lone Wolf and then putting Dooku on there instead, but I just feel that this is more powerful. Now, can Savage give the droids a calculate when they stress? Um, I believe so, yes. And well, let's look it up. Maybe we just look it up. I believe he can, though, yes. It just says when they take a stress, they can take a, a focus, right? Yeah, because I think it's gain. Yeah. The, the wording is gain on it. 
but I'm yep, not 100% exactly. sure. So essentially the droids can uh, can do a barrel calculate and then get a focus on top of that. So uh, they can shoot off their Discord missiles and still have a focus token to mod their shot after they, they get off the Discords. Yep. <laughs> and it's an interesting or, or, choice that he chose Discord instead of um, instead of the the uh, energy shell. Yeah. Though I will tell you, I on my my Kyber Cup list, I have energy shells over Discords too. I only have two Discords and three energy shell shots. And I will tell you, in my Kyber Cup game this week, when I was shooting specifically at um the uh the um oh his uh not vizier what's the other one that's uh popular vizier what's the other 5.1 uh Vermeil. reaper Vermeil. being able to shoot a range two and change one of those to a crit i don't know that that was pretty good and Vermeil yeah. was taking crits dropping crates you know yeah um those energy shells going down in points to four are are they they become a buy they really sure. do they really are a buy, and you can take them on those holochrome prototype droids. Yeah, yeah. and Pro you know, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I had a tangent. <laughs> so uh, what I was going to say about Discord missiles that even though that their agility went down to one, even if you're using them, that's still a shot that's going into a uh, something that's not your ship, and it's going to cause your your opponent to either deal with it or take a a crit, which on salvage run, they're going to absolutely do that. And that's going to save your own um, cargo carrier from taking a potential crit. And I think that they have a lot of value still, even though they only have one agility, uh, which is which is still great. And I think that that's, that's much more of a defensive tech now, more than offensive uh, for the Separatists. And I still think that it is still, it, just depending on your list, um, I still think it's still a good inclusion to add on to your list um, with energy shells being the other option as well. Yeah. yeah. Just going to throw out a, a quick tangent with the Savage Press thing I didn't think about is uh, if you had uh, bombers uh, barrel rolling to get locks, taking stress, and then you could give them a focus or so a double modded whatever they shoot. I had never thought about that, but that would be a, a pretty interesting use of Savage. It, I have to. The, I think the reason this gentleman went with the bombardment is for the I three. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're a hundred percent right. You can put a a back to, a back toy droid. Is it is an I one, but it has um, an extra loadout point on it, and you can run different types of missiles on there that you are not able to run in other things. So, um. Yeah, I think Savage, we said this before Savage came out, we believe Savage will be an underutilized and underrepresented, and I think now that they aren't going to, we know they're not going to lower Dooku on us, I think that that Savage is going to become a, a choice um, crew guy. Yeah. Even though I don't think he's a guy. All right. Ali is, so again, I apologize, I don't know who else was in the top four. Um but we're going to go with Ali's list next. Yeah, Ali uh, was in the top eight, and she lost to Bartage in the first round there. Um, very so close game, though. Yeah, it was a very close game. Um, so this is a Rebel Alliance list. 
Uh, he has Ahsoka Tano with Shattering Shot, Trick Shot, and Concussion Missiles, like we were talking about earlier. Ezra Bridger in the TIE Fighter with K2SO, which with Predator, Elusive, Proton Torpedoes, and R4 Estromic. Uh, and Luke Skywalker also with Shattering Shot, Trick Shot, Proton Torpedoes, R3 Astromech, and the S Foils. Um, so this is something that's definitely within Ali's wheelhouse. He does go for those uh, really big shot uh, type lists here. Um, normally, I've seen him running uh, with um, with Hera B-Wing um, that can also shoot an I-6 with torpedoes and pass off that mod. Uh, but this is something very similar. You have three ships here that can hit very hard. Um, Wedge just takes away your agility while he's shooting a proton torpedo at you. And then Luke and Ahsoka can do that shattering shot trick shot combo. Uh, with ordinance, uh, which hits it very, very hard, especially if he's if he has the initiative to shoot first, and then K two S O on Ezra, he can either keep it on himself and keep stress, and that gives him that extra mod that he needs uh, with his ability, or he can also pass it off to uh, most likely Wedge, who will need that calculate uh, to help mod uh, the proton torpedo shot. And, uh, and he just wants to delete ships. This is a list that absolutely is hunting other ships and objectives um, to to prevent them from scoring objective points. Yeah. Now, um, this is because Ezra lost points and can't take Leia anymore, right? Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because otherwise you would, you would not put K2SO on Ezra. You would put Leia. Yeah, so, exactly. I was thinking about this, though, and I'm looking for places to actually put this Ezra in my list. Because something I hadn't thought about is Ezra has the force. K2SO gives out a calculate, but you also have a white jam because of K2SO. That's right. And so Ezra, in a sense, is getting three actions a turn with this build. He's coordinating a calculate. He's got his own force. And then on top of that, if you run him in fast, if you wanted to, he's like Ahsoka in the used to run him with in the uh, CLT Jedi. Yeah, with Chopper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so you can just jam away, and you don't have to worry about taking it yourself. Um, I think that is a really – I didn't see him use that. I didn't pay attention enough to to catch that if he did. But I think for three points, the amount of utility you get out of that ship, I am really excited to try that out. That jam, I think, could be just – Yeah, it's huge. Good. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. So the next three lists, and again, I apologize. One of these was in the top four. I don't know which one. But we have a appearance of Mr. Vader in the X1 with Brilliant Evasion, Elusive, Pattern Analyzer, Fire Control System, and Afterburners. Rexler Brath with Juke, Fire Control, and HLC. Vizier in the Reaper with Palpatine, and then Wampa with Predator, which I'm not sold on Wampa with Predator. Um, to be honest with you, I I sometimes think Elusive would be better uh, for him, but um, I could see why you could use it. I just don't know how often you're getting the bullseye <laughs> off of an I one. That's all. I, yeah, I, no, I don't. Not know. very much. I guess you could use Palpatine to roll him, right? I, I guess there's that. You could always do that. Yeah, that's true. I never thought I'm, about that. Yeah. I mean, you can also set up your, your Reaper to go as a blocker, right? To like deny repositions uh, for for your target that you're trying to get over at Wampa. But you, you're also, um, Wampa is very reliant on not getting shot. So that way he could get that third dice. So, I mean, 
it's a give and take. I kind of agree with you with elusive on on Wampa versus Predator, but hey, he made it to to the top eight there. So, <laughs> thoughts, Corey? Yeah, I've been looking. Uh, I think you mentioned it, Chris, that uh, Vader in the X one. Um, so I've been, you know, playing around with some stuff too. I think I'm, I'm interested to see what, what can happen with it. I, it's interesting that the afterburners is people feel like it's, it's gotta be there. Um, I've been playing around with ideas with not having afterburners, but, um, it, uh, again, it's going to hit super hard. Um, that Vizier, uh, Palpatine for four points. Again, you look at some of these value ships, Colby's a great one. Ezra at three points is a great one. Vizier with Palpatine is uh, obviously just a fantastic deal. Um, that's pretty crazy. So I, yeah. I think it's super solid. It looks like a fun list. Uh, lots of tools, which is the other thing I like. Um, and Vader and Rexler look like they'll be very difficult to do anything to. And if they shoot Wampa, you're like, it's fine. It's two points. You know, maybe the Predator is there just to be like, I'm more threatening than I am. Um, because you you maybe you you want him to draw fire, right? Like you don't want Vader yeah. and Rexler taking hits. Exactly. Yeah, and, and you a hundred percent want want you want people to shoot Wampa. That's what you want. You want you want somebody to kill Wampa because he's two points. That's it. Yep. Now, can you imagine if they gave Wampa a uh, illicit slot like the Jingoist, uh, and you oh, put gosh. Dead Man Switch on him? Oh man! Yeah, Jeez. shoot me, and y'all get a hit. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, I I do like um I, I do agree with you with afterburners on Vader. Uh what I've been seeing recently with the X ones is the Bree Gambit on Vader, mm. uh, which gives him access to to the nice. evade. And that makes him a lot more defensive. Um having that evade and force to back him up on defense. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's a really tough Vader to kill. Yeah. Now that debris gambit though is a red is red though, correct? Yeah, unless you're range one of a, a of an obstacle, which at that point then it turns into a white evade. So yeah. typically, especially now since you're not scoring on the first round, um, the, the 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 imperial player can kind of pick and choose where they want to go and to, which path they want to go with Vader, and then um, and then they just can make those tighter turns around obstacles uh, to to ensure that they're always at range one of an obstacle to get that um, that evade. Uh, the game that I played on Wednesday, um, that player who's uh, who had the the that Vader build out, um, pretty much every turn he got debris gambit off every turn. Nice, um, and it, it was a very tough Vader to kill. All right, the next list that we had was Nels Dietrich with a Galactic Republic list. Corey, so I am glad I got to call this guy out. Um, I saw this on stream and I want to play it so bad. Uh, Anakin Skywalker, Delta seven, uh, predator, R2D2 and CLT, Obi-Wan, um, Delta seven with predator calibrated later laser and shield hound with Yoda seven fleet and agile. And then Mace Windu with heightened perception, R4, P17 and CLT. Um, I think it was, uh, I saw a thing where he put everything in front of wedge and they just nuked wedge right off the board. Um, it was bonkers. 
uh, <laughs> seeing this thing work and how aggressive you can be with a bunch of little four health Jedi ships. Um, it was really, really cool to see. Um, it wouldn't be the exact loadout I would do um, just because I like my lats to be gunships, but um, this was a really cool list. Uh, seeing Mace go up to I-7 um, is pretty devastating as well uh, with the heightened perception. So you've got three really heavy, if you get on bullseye, you're, you're just taking a world of, of hate. So. Yeah, and I'm actually surprised now, right? Like, I think that since the new points update, I've been seeing the ship count drop um, mm -hmm. because, you know, we normally used to seeing Republic run as a five ship list. Um, seeing now the more higher aces uh, running uh, on, on a Republic list like this, uh, seeing Anakin Skywalker come back, um, it's it's actually pretty good to see the, the now the new variants with it. I do like the idea of having uh, Mace Windu with heightened perception and then Yoda on Hound to help him shoot at I seven, still retain all his force, and uh, and then get boosted with seven fleet gunner um, to really punch in a shot uh, onto an enemy, and then having Anakin come in as cleanup. Uh, with his shot, and then Obi-Wan as well, if he happens to, to be in there. Um, really, really good. So, yeah. Yeah, that one was on stream. I'd really recommend the initial just just smash face that he did. It was so cool. So. All right. The next one is Andy Cameron. JJ? All right, so Andy Cameron here uh, running something very similar to Ollie's uh, Pockdown's list here, uh, Rebel Alliance, starting with the Wedge with Elusive, Predator, Proton Torpedoes, R4 Astromech, uh, Luke with Shattering Shot, Trick Shot, Proton Torpedoes, R3, uh, Astromech, Ahsoka in the A-Wing with Shattering Shot, Trick Shot, and Concussion Missiles, and also Ezra Bridger and the TIE Fighter with K2SO. Uh, pretty much the exact same list that Ollie Pocknell, um ran as well. Uh, really offensive, uh, can definitely delete ships really easily, and uh, and and get points off of uh, those fallen ships. Your the your opponent ships can't score objectives and they're dead. So it's really good. Yeah, I think this is very similar. We could kind of move on. <laughs> yep. Uh, the last one is Benjamin Lee, um, and he has Vader. With evasion, elusive pattern analyzer, fire control, and afterburners, seven sister who got a bump with brilliant evasion, elusive crack shot, fire control, uh, system and concussion missiles, vizier with empire pelt, and then two jingoists with contraband cybernetics. This is pretty cool because it replaces the. Uh, doesn't this replace? the Vader defender with Vader and seven sister for kind of two higher end ships. Yeah. Right. And you, yeah. you don't, you lose a tie fighter as well, but um, I think it's a pretty cool option. So. Now I was taking a look at this and at, at first I was like, I don't know if I would take seven sister over fifth brother, but you know, seven yes. sister having four loadout points more than fifth brother. Um, I think that's that's a, a bigger deal, um, especially since for um, for Fifth Brother, he no longer has access to um, to auto blasters. 
Um, so his only options for cannons would be either uh, Tracker or HLC. Um, and then that's it. <laughs> uh, or a jamming beam, you know, if he just wants to just fill up the slot. Um, so he doesn't have much uh, for for options in terms of having that secondary like weapon uh, versus Seven Sister, who can easily fit concussion missiles and a bunch of other stuff. Man, trying to kill that ship with brilliant evasion and elusive yep. is, oh my gosh, that would just be a nightmare. Yeah, and if you manage to get crack shot off and Seven Sisters' ability, that's pretty much two evades that are going. That that's just gone. They're gone. Yeah, and plus you got Palpatine backing them. Invader set up pretty oh. much the same way. You got Pelt backing them up on top of that. So, like, what do you do against that to try and kill it? And then Jingwis giving out strain on top yeah. of that. Oh my gosh, jeez, yeah. it's a cool list. <laughs> I I think there's some really nice creativity there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I think that is all of the lists that we have here specific um and what i wanted to do is kind of move into a little bit more of a discussion of um and i apologize for the laggy video um but what i wanted to do is move into a little bit more of a discussion on um the concept of of list building with the new points but with kind of more of a discussion around the difference between one ship versus another ship. And and, and so let me kind of uh, let me lay out the foundation and then you all can kind of jump in and, and and talk amongst yourselves. Um so essentially what I wanted to do is is because they what they tried to do is take a lot of the points and make them very similar. So for example, Vader uh used to be what 64 points in the X1 I think. Yeah. And divided by 10. So everything was divided by 10, right? You know, so he became an eight point ship or a seven point ship, but here's a bunch of loadout points. And the idea here is, is if you look at lower initiative ships or some of the ships that have less of a fancy ability. So Vader could take up to like four actions in a churn with his force if he really wants to. Right. Um, but then you're force starved. And, and so the idea here would be, um, native ability versus adding loadout points to make your ship worth it. So, for example, Contrail is a decent ship by himself without any loadout points. And at two points, he was a steal. Now, at three points, you all of a sudden get loadout value, plus you get him and you get to put him in a list. Though in we just saw that nobody's using Contrail the same way, right? But that doesn't mean he's unvaluable. And I think, you know, here's kind of here's the kicker. When those loadout points come out, to some extent, if they don't bump buff your ship that much, they're kind of useless. And I and I'll, I I guess we could pick um to some extent like Fen Rao, for example. Fen Rao used to be 68 points in 2.0, now he's seven. He gets 18 points of loadout value. But in the past, Fenral, you would not run Fenral with a million upgrades, right? Because if you did, he'd be worth 75, 80 points. But do those 18 points of loadout actually give him that much intrinsic value for the seven points? Or am I better to say I'm going to run um, two M3As or I'm going to run one M3A and um, I don't know. Do they have four point Cad Bane ships or uh, the rogue class ships? I don't know if they do or not. 
I don't believe so. No, I think they're all five points. Do they have anything that's four? I thought points there was anymore? one that was four. Okay, so there you go. So one I, of the factions does, I think. Well, I know Separatist does actually. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> yep, because there's a list I've been playing with, um, with Magna Guard. That would be, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, Magna Guard. Yeah, um, you're right. But you know, so so anyway, so so when we talk about that seven points, and like Vader used to be eleven points, and in the Defender, and now he's set or nine points in the Defender, and all of a sudden we're seeing him now. He's showing up. He's able to do a lot of work because he got a talent slot. And so I think you know one of the big discussion points here is 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 do loadout points in turn help some of these lower initiative ships, but really do nothing to some of the higher initiative, bigger, bad evil ships that we, you know, kind of see around. And again, like I said, for example, Wedge is a pretty aggressive ship on its own. If what, let's say they raise proton torpedoes up to 16 points, which I think we could talk about what's a fair price, but really 15 to 16 points is probably what they're worth in this meta. Um, and, 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 but Wedge can run plasmas and plasmas is a mini is like a mini proton mm -hmm. for, for Wedge. Yes, the, the crits don't hit the same way. And that's that's the downside. But for seven points, I could run plasmas and have all these other other options to put on Wedge. But really, there's nothing. What, what else do you put on Wedge? He's You might as well just put a proton torpedo on him, you know, now. And in our 2.0 world, we had to be very choosy in our lo loadout. And I feel that the AMG devs have kind of started to curtail and bring in and start to rein in some of these loadout costs. Um, hence why Maul in the gauntlet does not have um, 28 loadout points anymore um, yeah. and can't run a million. Like he can't fill every crew slot with every amazing crew in the world, right? He can't run Jabba and Zam now if he wants to, um, which that would was that was a combo nobody ever used, but that was a pretty good combo, too, by the way. Um, anyway, so. So that's kind of what I wanted to discuss about. Can we can we move? Let's move into that segment because to me, I think a, a big discussion point and, and with list building, and this is where I get excited because this is where we talk about list building. And JJ and I covered some of our our the lists that we've been building last week, right? And um, I feel that this is an important key, especially when we talk about building scenarios, because with the scenario changes, they have reduced some of the crazy the one scenario where basically it's grab your objectives and run away and you win the game pretty much um they've changed that scenario so we're seeing them move these scenarios a little bit more towards forcing engagement for actually killing things which is what they claim that that was their original intent so how does you and maybe we'll start with Corey. Corey, how do you feel that that some of these loadout points and these different things? How do you feel that this plays into this this discussion piece? Um, you know, you know, here with with em, employee. I want to say employee, but they're not employees of us. With um, pilot abilities versus loadout point costs. Yeah, so I I think you've got a a really valid point with some pilots. Like I think of uh, Kylo Ren and the and the silencer. I put brilliant, brilliant evasion on him, and that's all I would ever do in my in the past. Um, I don't think he needs anything else. I know some people would would disagree with that, um, and I would agree on Fenrao. Like I, I just don't think a lot of times you're like I don't want to put a missile or a torp or something on these because I just don't need it. Um, <clears throat> but I think there are some pilots like um, 
one of my favorite pilots for some reason is Ello in the T70. Um, I think it's a super cool pilot. He always got killed because I never had, or he didn't do enough on offense, but now I can put BB-8 Astro on him, Predator and Heroic, and I forgot what else I put on him, but um, I can put enough stuff so that he's defensive and offensive, and he can do some some more shenanigans with movement. So I'm really excited about uh, probably Monday, tomorrow, trying him out with some loadout points that make him feel like he is the ace, the kind of the cool pilot that I want him to be. But I do fall into the trap sometimes of, of other pilots where I'm like, I, I don't need all these things. Um, I've mentioned before that I wish you could get a, a uh, maybe a six point commander or a, a, or a flyboy Poe and a seven point version of him. One of them had like two points of loadouts and the other one had, you know, 16, 20, whatever it is, um, to kind of deal with some of the situations you're talking about. Like, what if you could get Fenrao cheaper, but with no loadout points? Um, so I think some pilots, uh, as you pointed out, that have a really good ability um, and are just a really good chassis and it just happens to work really well, they don't need all the fancy stuff. And then I think other ones, um, I think, really need those abilities to make them feel special and unique and, and being able to do something with them. So JJ, your thoughts, initial thoughts. So um, just taking a look at the initial points release uh, when 2.5 was released and how it is now, it feels like they're starting to get a better grasp on um, reining in the points. I think what's hurting them currently right now is that there's still certain, um, there's still certain upgrades that, can be spammed um, across the way. I mean, if you take a look at like, Proton Torpedoes, which is the one that we're taking a look now, um, it, it feels like there's there's still the possibility for a lot of ships to still carry that particular ordinance, right? Um, and I think that in, in order to balance the loadout points uh, across um, like the same chassis for different pilots that can be put in a, in a list, is to limit the amount of times that they can appear in a list. And the, one of the things that they haven't done uh, as of yet is use the restricted list um, to add um, potentially really powerful upgrades to limit them to a single uh, occurrence um, or make them limited um, in a particular list. So that way you force the other ships inside of, a, uh, inside of the same list to use other different types of ordinance. You still have the ability to give those ships uh, a, a good amount of loadout points um, to still have those upgrades, but just make them different, make them feel different from it. So that way you're not running, um, you know, the same list with three potential very hard hitting um, like torpedoes like that and, um, and not have to worry about trying to balance that out by restricting or lowering the, the loadout value across the board for each of the ships for the potential of them having that particular upgrade, right? The other part of it too is um, is uh, with generics as well, um, something that we haven't seen in, in terms of their worth. It's been a little bit better now since the initial release of the points is, you know, a lot of the generics still don't have a good enough amount of upgrades. Um, or even upgrade slots where they can invest points into it. And if you want to at least make them slightly more valuable, um, just inherently raising that loadout value to make them an option to be used, 
Um, so that way they can at least have some sort of upgrades to at least be able to compete with some of the name pilots without being able to spam. Um, I, I think it's something that needs to be balanced as well as part of their costs for being lower in costs. Um, if you take a look at the the role class starfighter, the Mandalorian or the Mandalorian, the um, uh, the generic one for CIS. Um, I think that's a very good ship at four points, and I think that could have a lot of potential in it um, compared to the five-point versions of the main pilots. Um, but most of the time, you're going to be looking at, for four points, adding in either a um, either a, a Belba Lab, uh, a named Belba Lab that could do a lot more work with more loadout points, um, or find an extra point somewhere and go to one of the named pilots because they have that loadout value. They get more value for having those loadout points, add a better initiative, or have uh, an extra ability for that. And it's just finding that balance um, for that. Yeah. And I think that's interesting, Corey, your, your discussion point of LO, right? Like, I think that's a good pilot to pick on, right? So let's pick on LO for a second here because... You know, essentially, they're, they, what they say is after we reveal a red talon, if you have two or fewer stress, treat it as white. So essentially, you reveal it, it becomes white, you don't have any stress. Or if you have one stress, you can put pattern analyzer on them, right? There's enough points for that. And I think the, the deal is that red talon, how often are you doing that? You're probably doing it once or twice a game, right? Like, you mm -hmm. probably, you could get it off at least twice, um, but you're probably not doing it even in a seven round game every round. Maybe you are. I don't know. Maybe you tell me, Corey, do you do would you do that every round or not? Like, like no. should I should I be scared for Monday that every round you're gonna tell him this stupid LO? If he was the numb, yeah. If I'm gonna get if I'm gonna get pissed off at LO as much as I hate do you have the numb in your list too, by the way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not playing <laughs> You, you uh, have to play against somebody else. It's four T-70s, so. Um, <sighs> oh, but, God. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things that's interesting because the uh, the Talon role is kind of interesting on Elo if he's an endgame ship. If you let him get to the endgame, his time on target is as good as a defender, um, which is pretty bonkers. So, and then, like I was saying, like putting BB-8 Astro on him, all of a sudden he gets the barrel roll or boost before he does the Talon roll. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. When you think you can do a Talon roll, like boost to the right, Talon roll to the left, um, you know, some of the places you can end up is pretty is pretty awesome. Um, well, but, yeah, yeah. But but that's what, but the point, going back to the point, like I feel, though, that that's not something you're going to get off every round that maybe no, maybe 50 percent right. of your game maybe but i would i would wager you're not getting it off more than three times in a game i would 100 percent agree with you okay and whereas if we look at vader right vader you're gonna get off every round every fucking, every bloody round yeah. vader spends a force and gets an extra action vader defender every round he gets to shoot he's spending a force over his focus token every time it's not even a question um, with Vader, and and I think that's where we, we we talk about where we could see some changes, right? And I don't want to say improvements. I really want to like focus on differentiating that piece of it because I feel if we talk about a lot of people, and, and, and so let me explain what kind of sparked this idea, right, of this discussion is I've had some people people have stated they don't want to play two point five, they don't like the list building, 
And I don't disagree to some extent that list building has become a lot more um, stagnant or static than back in the day when we could swap points around. And there has been an open discussion uh, in the discords about what if we mixed and put our specific loadout point values in a pool, right? And said, this pool gets this much loadout. But I feel that by doing that, we actually would probably break the game more. Because, for example, with Elo, now Elo could take, instead of just this 11 points, he th th this this bloody ship can now take a proton torpedo or an advanced um, proton torpedo, right? It now has the points to be able to do a few other things that it didn't have before. And I feel that we, because... And, and again, this is where I talk about, you know, like, this is what I'm saying is like, I like to kind of compare this to 2.0 to 2.5. It is a different game, but we still have the same mentality. Like we were list building a certain way and now we're list building differently. But with them making the changes to move us back to dogfighting, look at what we saw at the UK Open. We saw a lot of aggressive dogfighty lists, right? Because that's what people are used to. You're just used to that, you know? Uh, we're not like JJ and just throwing stupid bombs because we're that's, that's dirty, the only dirty reason. cheaters. That's what's <laughs> the only thing that was keeping the tie swarms away was the trajectory simile being B-wings. That was the only thing. I disagree with you, but <laughs> um, I don't think it was the B-wings. I think I think it was those bloody Jedi. That would the the Jedi with missiles is what fair. really scares those yeah. tie fighters away yeah, more than fair. anything else. And that's thematic, at least. At least that's thematic. Um. But, but I think if we look at it and we talk through this, like, that's the big thing. Because if I gave all these loadout points and Elo was able to have 20 loadout points, can you imagine what, like, Elo's ability goes from once or twice a game to being, to being the difference in that game to an extreme extent. Elo being able to have a target lock, do the barrel roll with BB-8, do the talent, <laughs> take a target lock yeah. and shoot a, um, you know, and, and, oh, and it's got a two talent slots. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to take out maneuver and I'm going to take advanced proton torpedoes and I'm going to shoot a five dice shot into whatever ship you have and you get one less agility. Merry Christmas. Yep. Um, and, 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 and that's, that's what's interesting to me, right? And that's where we talk about these intrinsic value pieces because LO's intrinsic value is just, it's just not there. Like, I mean, it's there. Corey likes to play LO, I guess, or we'll find out on Monday if he does. Um, not against me because I hate me and them. Um, I'm going to get stuck <laughs> playing Corey. I can already, I already am feeling this, this, this stuckness. Nice. Um, I like putting this fear, this, this hatred in you. I, I, I kind of did it first. It's, it's, I had to it's, explain to him. It's not you, it's JJ. Yeah, go ahead, JJ. Tell them the story. Tell them exactly okay. what happened when you played Neonub against me. So this was a time where Auto Blasters was still thing. Okay. So uh Neenum with Auto Blasters, Marksmanship, uh Pattern Analyzer, um, and um and the Black One title. So I did a four straight into no, sorry, a three straight into a three talent to get behind his list or just to the side of his list, then I can use Pattern Analyzer to do the barrel, barrel focus. focus to get right behind him and then clear all my stress, take the ion to get the shot still, and then just pump in basically four crits right behind him. Um, 
and uh, he he immediately quit after that. And we had to I had to rules lawyer the entire sequence for him, and he he it, it moved up to the top of his list of ships that he hates. So it, it's well, it's don't worry, I'm not I'm not a huge <laughs> Neon Numb fan. I've, I didn't jump on that bandwagon. Uh, I like Temin Boosty Temin more. So and I agree with you. That's Boosty nice. Temin is not broken. Boosty Temin <coughs> is a free afterburners tenant. And so there you go. Hey, that's a good transition. We keep talking about resistance ships. Yeah. Damn it, Corey. It's all your fault. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but okay, let's talk about Temin, right? Because how many points is Temin? Five. 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 And he gets a free boost, right? right. But only at a certain speed. You use it all the time. <laughs> no, no. I agree with you, though. And I 100% agree with that. Now, can you imagine if Temin had that plus all these other loadout? Because what is his loadout value? 12? I think he's 12, right? Well, I used to be able to put heroic nope, he's shield, 11. shield and hull on him. <laughs> so. Okay, well, that's... <laughs> oh, and uh, I think he had R6. He had uh, R6, or his droid, too. You could put yeah. all that on him at one point. So he was a 9 health T70 with rerolls and heroic. That's nuts. Yeah, it's so. pretty bad. He still died, though, except for that one guy. There's that one, one guy, guy that couldn't kill his Temin <laughs> ever. So, um, so, so okay, moving down that, Temin's boost gets off almost every turn, right? And again, let's move past resistance in a minute just because I want to I be a little bit more open um, in the factions. But Temin gets a free boost that you're saying, hey, I get off almost every round. And essentially... Should he be worth more points? Because when we talk about five points, that's a quarter of your list. And do we have other ships, <laughs> Jedi, <coughs> that can are five points and get a free boost every round? Temmins is almost more limited than a Jedi, and it almost feels like those Jedi should go up a little bit in price <coughs> because Tem or Temmin should come down, I guess. Because Temin gets a free boost, but his free boost is only between a two and a four maneuver. But so, in fairness, you're probably only doing a two and a four. Um, the the one thing I'll disagree with you there is that, yes, while Jedi can do the boost every round, um, the only ones that are that price point are going to be the, the CLT, the, the regular Delta 7s, which are only four health, whereas a T-70 uh, natively is seven health. Yep. So it's, it's a little different there they're a little they can tank more shots whereas you know you blank out with it's with a delta seven and they, they could be gone poof gone um the t7 is a little more resilient to that so i think that's that's where the balance in points is for for the two for being the same I, at least that's how i would argue it at least yeah now what I would say, and coming off of the resistance, right, is taking a look at a chassis that's still very, very good, but has very different pilots in terms of like what their abilities to do can do. Uh, taking a look at the Tide Reaper, for instance, right, you have Vermeil and you have Faroff, which are two very oppositely opposite type uh, abilities. One is very offensive minded, one is very defensive minded, um, but they're both costed at the same amount of points, but they have different loadout values. Um, if you take a look at Faroff, he's an initiative uh, higher, and he has a, a lot more points with slots available that makes him more offensive for him, uh, being able to convert uh, a blank or a focus into a hit. 
but statistically a defense uh, a defensive role is less likely to roll a natural uh, result so you only have a 33% chance on defense green to roll a result uh, at least in the vape results which means that um versus the 50% for red dice you're going to see feral's ability trigger a lot more often um, than for meals ability because of the percentages that are being rolled there so you you can say that you get a little more value in terms of the ability for Faroff um, when you're rolling dice. And when you compare that to, to Faroff, if you're going for more, I guess it would also depend on what type of list you're trying to build. Um, just the disparity between their loadout points there and also the slots that they have available to as well um, to like upgrade their ships. Um, it, it almost feels like there's there could be more that could be added on to the other ship that uh, to Faroff that uh, uh, he was mainly a pop carrier, but he can still carry other types of crew and still be an effective piece to safeguard certain objectives. Um, and um, he, he just doesn't have that same type of loadout value that would make him more effective or make you consider him over like Vermeil, for instance. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that's the, the big piece here, right? Because think about it, if he let's say he just had twelve, so he could carry Pelt. Does his does his ability giving him too many loadout points underprice him though? Because and, and and let's let's hear the argument here. Because he's an I three, by the time he gets to shoot, you know right, um, most people have already shot. Most of the time, people are using their green mods to shoot at him. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of fighting against like a defender or something that takes an evade, nobody cares, right? <laughs> but how many yeah. ships take an evade all the time? That's very that's that that's that's not a high percentage of ships. Even Jedi don't take a bunch of evades. That's not like a thing that they do. Um. Jedi's will go for a focus or keep their force. That's that, that's what they want. They don't want the 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 evade all the time. Now there is one Jedi. I'm trying to remember uh, what that Jedi's name is, but there is one I think that does do that. You know, that's something that it does kind of do. But with Captain Faroff being able to get you be you being able to change your result to a free evade means you never have to spend your mod on defense ever. And I know it's only one yeah. green die, but you never have to spend that mod. You don't. You never. You never take an evade. You never. Like you never do that. You just don't. Yeah, you can either focus on jamming your enemy ships to prevent other mods, um, or you can go more offensive with them and make sure that you're spending your focuses on offense and making sure that you always have that that uh, that particular mod to improve your offense. Um, and if you're shooting behind an obstruction, giving him a second die or a range three, uh, that's even more value right there um, to for a fair off to use his ability. So, yeah. So now let's bring the, let's tie this all back together, right? Let's, let's bring this all, all these pieces, all these little intricate pieces back together. And now we say, okay, when we talk about who we're going to take and the style of list we're going to, we're going to build. And, and this is where we can open it up and we can have an open discussion across the different factions and say those different things. When you're building a list, do you consider that loadout value? So if I have two five-point ships, do I consider that loadout value 
or am I going to always should always be looking at the pilot ability first? And if the pilot ability triggers, let's say 75% of the game, is that ship worth more? And we're going to go back to resistance, for example, for a second. And because Corey actually brings a really good point up and that's a really good contradict or not contradictory, but really good piece to talk about because Temin and Elo both are 11 loadouts and five points. So when you're looking to build your list, no matter what style of list, Temin almost feels like he's becomes a fancy generic. He's an auto include. I take Temin because I'm getting that boost, which is just insanely great especially because i can boost before a target lock i can boost before i focus i can boost before a barrel roll whereas elo's ability is not given giving you a a, a chance every round temin is going to trigger 75 percent of the game unless you are flying against a tie swarm or flying against a droid swarm and you're stuck inside of that little cluster of hell um which hopefully your temin's not but that that had that can happen, right? You know, whereas Elo would do better in that instance, but they have the same loadout points. Do you consider the pilot ability, if it triggers more than seventy five percent of the time, to be greater than having a higher loadout points? So, Corey, the question is to you: If I and I'm sorry, I'm 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 over speaking. I'm I'm, I'm vomiting words here. <laughs> but if Elo, if I gave Elo another seven points of loadout, would that be? a big difference for you to consider taking him over Temin. If you could only have one, would you consider if there was more loadout points taking him over a um, better pilot ability? Yeah, but I think I, I would definitely because I, I think with more loadout on uh, on Elo, then you can throw something on like Afterburners and say that kind of makes up for the fact that he doesn't have Temin's boost, right? Um, Elo has, he is a different initiative. He is an I-5 instead of an I-4, which is a big deal. Um, and when you talk about looking at loadouts, I think it really depends on what you're doing. Like Temin is fantastic at objectives because he can boost and then be at an objective and still take an action. Um, not many ships can do that in any, in any of the games. Right. Everybody takes boosts after they take an action where Temin gets to take a boost before he does his action, which makes him incredibly valuable in objective play. Um, but you look at loadouts and you've got Elo who has two talent slots. Well, um, some people love heroic, some people hate it. But being able to take Predator and heroic on a T-70, that's pretty awesome. Uh, that changed. I didn't realize they had done that. That changed it. So looking at loadout value, he's, you know, that's something that's very valuable to me on that ship. Um, so it really depends on what the list is trying to do. Uh, I guess to come back to what you were saying, loadout value is an extreme amount of like what options are available are important uh, as well as pilot ability. Well, and that's, but again, that, that that's what I'm saying. Like, so at the current level though, are you going to pick Elo over Temin in a list? If they because they're identical outside of their initiative, right? So that initiative does add a little bit of a, a variance there. Um I think it'd be a tough choice for me right now because I also look at time on target. Even if Elo's ability only goes off twice, 
Um, that's twice in a game that I'm shooting when when Temin is not. So I have to think about that. The time on target is pretty huge. Um, the initiative five is pretty big uh, in there as well. Because um, you can put Temin, Nian, Commander Poe, and something else uh, into a list. So you've got two I-5s and an I-6. Um, that's a pretty big punch with a lot of health behind it. Um, again, if I'm having a more of a mixed list where I'm trying to scatter and not just punch things in the face, then I might look at Temin over Elo because I like Temin's ability to maneuver as good as an A-Wing um, and still hit as hard as a T-70. So uh, he's typically my go-to, but it just depends on what the rest of the list is doing. Fair enough. JJ, your thoughts? Yeah, I have to agree. Um, taking a look at like what you want to do with the list um, definitely influences what pilots you're going to take when it comes to considering um, their loadout value um, and their pilot ability. Typically, I tend to look at their loadout, um, sorry, the pilot ability first before loadout value, mainly because if I'm trying to have a ship fill a particular role in my list um, to um, like to make sure that I have that piece on my list for like for most matches. Uh, I want to make sure that the ability um, plus the the potential loadout that can have that can help supplement um, or boost that ability in particular is there available to make that particular ship effective without any help from any other ship on the list. If it comes down to that my my ship needs additional help um, from a support ship, then at that point. I'm considering a pilot that can be a lot more independent on its own versus a ship that needs help in order for it to become effective. Um, the the best example of this would be Volt Scaris uh, for the Empire. Um, yes, his ability can be nice uh, when you get it off reliably. You know, having that start of engagement action, um, especially on the Tie Fighter, to then link it into a barrel roll boost to completely outmaneuver or arc dodge or get into a shot. Um, at, uh, with that particular ship can be a big boon, but in order for him to do it reliably and still get rid of his strain, um, he needs to be coordinated early on before his, his initiative. So if I'm taking a look at that particular pilot and now uh, I need to make sure that I have a coordinator in my list, that cost now for two ships basically to get off that one single combo is much more expensive than a single ship that could be just one point more but is far more effective at handling um, it, its role in my list um, and being a lot more independent to now, I may not need that coordinator in my list to, to pull off that same type of combo. Um, so I do value the, the pilot abilities a lot more um, and then loadout values as secondary, um, as secondary whenever I'm considering a pilot in my list. I think the, uh, the new Z, the Z95s for the Republic is a great example of, of really making you have to choose a lot. They've yeah. got multiple initiatives, they've got great pilot abilities, and they also have very different loadouts. Like one of them even has a cannon, right? Um, I think that's a great example of, it's, it's how you build your list, I think that's important. And JG, I think you were hitting on that is, what is my list trying to do? And a lot of times I pick a couple key pieces and then from there I'm trying to fill in what, what complements those key pieces in my list. Typically I'm more thematic than I, than I should be. 
Um, and so there's, <laughs> there's pilots and things that I like. And so I will pick those and then fit things around what their abilities are or what that character or, or ship is going to do. Um, and so it's not, I wouldn't say it's always pilot ability for me. It's sometimes it's loadout. What can I put on here? What's its initiative or what it's, what is its pilot ability? Um, is that going to complement what I'm trying to do with that list? So I, I think it is a lot more complicated, um, than what it, you know, then, uh, it's not as straightforward as it's one or the other for me. Yeah. All right. Well, as we wrap this segment up, is there any, anything else you want to leave with when it comes to this? Um, I don't think we have time to actually go into building a bunch of lists, um, today, <laughs> but we could come back to that. Um, cause I, I think this is an interesting discussion. And like I said, I think the, a lot of the things that people don't like a lot of the changes, like a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't like the changes to how uh, list building happens. And I think if we break down, you know, what people's issue is to each of them and talk through it, I think there is a little bit more versatility in list building than we originally thought. Right. And, and I think when they start to make the changes, I like, like, for example, I have droids that could take cannons. Now it'd be nice if my ion cannon droids could be two points and not three. Uh, because they never, especially now that you ban hell upgrade and I can't take hell upgrade, but, um, you know, you know, I think that that piece of that has created a newer development that we never had before. We never had, you know, like you didn't have, um, and if you look at V ones, you didn't have a uniqueness. Everybody wanted to build V ones the same, but now I can't, you know, um, and I don't want Seven Sister to all of a sudden get a cannon slot, but maybe, maybe Seventh Brother should get a dual cannon slot. You know, that'd be kind of cool. I would play Seventh Brother again or Fifth Brother again. Sorry. <laughs> or if, we see Reva and that's in a V one eventually. You know. Or give me Reva in a V one with a double cannon slot. Though, let's be fair, JJ. We've not seen Reva. I guess spoiler alert. We've not seen her fly anything. So I don't want to hear about it until I see her fly I, something. Her pilot ability will be ruthless, basically. You know, she makes a friendly separate <laughs> damage to cross the crit, you know. <laughs> nah, I already got that card. Anyway, um <laughs> any any last thoughts before uh, we move off off this? I got two quick things. One, um, I think it's gonna be interesting to see which if AMG looks at which pilots we don't play and starts to give them loadout slots that other pilots of, that do get played don't have um, to try and promote them. You know, I think about like T-70s, again, I'm resistance player. Uh, there's gonna be a lot, of resist, a lot of T-70s that don't see action because they're all five points just about. But you start giving them slots like, and just being crazy, throw bomb slots on a T-70. Uh, on a That's particular crazy. one. Stop. Yeah. Stop. I'm just saying that that you would start to look at that one T70 differently than you would have before, right? So I think we we're gonna see some new things come out like A wings with cannon slots or you know all these different things. Um like I think T70s they should take away the hard point and they should make it so this one shoots torps, this one shoots yes. missiles and whatever yes. to give them more variety so you do make choices, right? Um, but I will say the other thing I wanted to say is just for all the people that are out there that are like list building isn't as fun. 
I have so many tabs open on my system right now after this latest 2.5.5 update with the points where they took the highs down and the lows up. I think list building right now is one of the most fun it's ever been uh, in ever of X-Wing to me. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it with the being able to play Commander Poe or, or Trigger, Trigger Happy Poe and be able to do some stuff with Elo that I never would have done before because he was just too expensive, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And all my lists have – I'm just having a great time right now. This latest change, I think, has been uh, a pretty awesome uh, yeah. shot in the, in, in the right direction. It's been awesome. It's been really good. Well, and I think, I think Corey, that, that two things. One, it begs the question of going back to the discussion about loadout points and, and pilot value. We don't play some of these other pilots because their 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 pilot ability just is mad. Mm-hmm. It it just is, um, and so you 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 can push this into there with some of these other things, um, with loadout points and changing it. And I will say, I believe personally that AMG, whether they listen to us or the what's going on in the meta, they are hundred percent listening to some extent. And and yes, I will 100% agree that they have one of the worst communication staff in the world. Like they, I feel that they should pay me $100,000 a year and I will come work for them to actually help them communicate a million times better. Um, But if you look at how they do, you know, like they are listening because we saw Vader come down and I don't want to talk about Vader Defender because that's a, dis- a big, long discussion we don't want to have tonight. Um, because coming down to nine points, anyway, I have a Vader yeah. defender list, by the way, um, that I'll be playing tomorrow. Probably <laughs> you better not. <laughs> I, I do. I do. It's, you don't even, I have, you could put 11 points a tie, by the way, bro, with, with a Vader defender. Just think about that. <clears throat> but bringing Vader down from eight points to seven points is huge. We're now seeing him being played and Vader's an iconic character, right? You know, and, and it, and for whatever reason, none of us hate Vader in the X1 like we do Vader in a Defender. Nobody seems to. Now, give me Thrawn in a Defender, and I'll tell you what, then I'll always play a Defender in every game I ever play, period. <laughs> I'm still um, waiting for Sabine to tie Defender. Yeah, give me... Oh, Rebel. stop, stop. No, 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 no. Rebels do not get a Defender. Free no, no, no. Free barrel no. boost before she activates at I3? There sure. you go. Nope. nope. If, shit, at this point, you give you could put Ezra in a Defender. Can you imagine a force-driven Ezra defender? I would uh, actually consider him for the Thai elite side, uh, like upgrade for that. So, yeah, <laughs> you're killing me. Anyway, so so long story short, they they they, they are listening in some capacity. Whether mm-hmm. it's the capacity we all agree with or not is up for debate. But they do listen a little bit because we did see a lot of tweak changes, and, and it's funny because. Corey and I disagreed on some of the changes we wanted before they went live. So Corey and I had a pretty aggressive discussion about this. And it's kind of funny because AMG just went and did their thing, but they listened to some extent to what the community was saying and what the points are saying. Um, So there is at least hope in my opinion that we will be able to see diversity and and meta changes more often um, and, and when they're needed versus a blanket it'll be here in six to nine months yep. that's all i do I'm say I, I did hear something really positive too just speaking about that is is 
some people might get latched onto the thing that they were trying to get everything perfect. Like that was their goal. It's always their goal, but they also had the devs say, but that's an unobtainable goal, but it's still a goal we have. Right. And that's a good thing to have that as a vision, but realize that it's pretty much impossible to get there. That doesn't mean that's a bad thing. It just means that you're striving to get things more balanced and better, but you know that things are going to have to change. Yeah. And you know what, Corey, you know what? We need to have you back on. We need to actually talk about game design, right? I think that's a, an important piece. I know that's probably going to bore a lot of people, <laughs> but Corey is a game designer, right? Like there is a piece of Corey that actually genuinely understands how game design works. I don't design games for a living. Um, I don't know if I could or couldn't, but I just, I sure as hell don't do that. Corey does that. And so like when we talk and I guess I'll talk you up a little bit, Corey, um, because when, 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 when we talk about these things, I take Corey's opinions into perspective, no matter how much I argue with him, I take it, <laughs> it, it like aggressively into perspective because Corey actually does this for a living, like not for X-Wing. He's not a secret um, X-Wing developer that nobody knows about, but Corey develops games. And so I, there, there is a design mechanic that goes into these things. And, and when I want to actually discuss crazy um, strategic, you know, weird things that come out of this. Corey's a, a guy I can go to and actually have this discussion because he understands how a game is developed, even if he's not developing X-Wing specifically. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be great to kind of talk about that and, and see what see what questions people have of, you know, uh, looking at some of the crazy ideas of why things work and don't work and even talking about points. You know, uh, people have said, why not go to, why not go to 30 points or 40 points? And and that introduces its whole set of, uh, of crazy things into the, the mix. All right. JJ, you get the last, the last, you, you, your last opinion before we close the show out. And by the way, folks don't disappear. We are going to do an after hours, um, Obi-Wan quick discussion about spoilers. Um, and uh, Corey's welcome to stay if he wants, if he has to go to bed, we understand. Um, <laughs> But, Corey, you are welcome to stick around. As soon as this is over in the next few minutes, we will be jumping. We're going to take a quick two-minute break um, to use the restroom, and then we'll be jumping right back into Obi-Wan spoilers because this episode is bonkers. But, um, yeah. JJ, your last so, your yeah. last thoughts here before we so, close out. Um, the last thing, right, that that I think that will solve a lot of people's uh, complaint about you know the, the list building being stagnant is that a lot of times you're, you're – you get into a frame of mind where you've played the same list or a same type of list over and over and you look into like a new points update and you can't run that same list and then you become discouraged of trying something new right because your old list doesn't work now you're upset because you can't run that same thing and now you don't even want to try to try like building different lists um take a look at the the tournaments that are going on i mean uh, the, the uk open right now um seeing a tie swarm um take it a tie swarm that does not include tie defender vader uh, which i may add um that's huge right taking on the big contenders which are like the heavy hitting uh rebel list that we're seeing now with trick shot shatter shot um taking on the the jedis which are still good even though they lost their their uh, missile slots you know, these are these are people that took something that used to work um, before in 2.0, and they transitioned over to 2.5. They got a few more tools to work with it. They practiced with it, and they they did very very well taking the top. 
um, in these lists. And these are very competitive, like really good players that are playing and they, they know how to run those lists very well. And, and despite that, they still took it all the way and still managed to get it done there. Uh, with um, with more tournaments that comes out, there'll be more data in Metal Wing. We know that there are a lot of people that take a look at that to, um, to decide which pilots may be good, something that they may have not considered in the past um and um and try them out and see how they might find that they might like that ship or that particular pilot and um, i think that just with more with more tourney results that we get the more people are going to start to look at different pilots that haven't been seen on the table for a while and give them a second shot and probably spark uh, spark some ingenuity there nice all right. Awesome. Thank you all so much for joining us. Remember, if you live in Florida or you want to travel to Florida, July 9th, we are hosting a in-person tournament with a bunch of cool, awesome prize support. Maybe a rogue class squadron support. Maybe. We don't know. Depends on how stingy J&J gets. Um, no, it's definitely going to be there. I, it's it's definitely being raffled off. I do have a couple of other surprises, but those will be coming out as we get more players. So stay tuned. So. Yep. And I'll tell you what, if if you travel from outside of Florida, so if you come from more than four and a half hours, how, how far is it to the border for you, JJ? Four and a half hours? Uh, four. Yeah, four hours. So if you travel over four and a half hours and you win one of the big prizes and don't want to take it in your airplane trip home, I will pay. I will personally pay to ship that to you. And if you fly, if you how about this, if you fly from the UK, I'll I'll I'll, I'll play it just because. That's insane that we had somebody from the UK come and play in a, a planning face <laughs> in the kitchen. So I'll, I'll pay. I'll be that too, unless you're in some crazy. I don't. Know, I'll pay. I'll figure out a way to get it to you. Unless you're in Australia, then you know I don't know how to get anything to you. I guess I'll have to contact uh, uh, Nobby. Anyway, but if you want to participate, um, we w- it will be streamed live on GSP um, July 9th. Uh, JJ or I may be commentating. We don't know yet. It kind of depends on how many players we get and all of that. But you're welcome to sign up. Um, this week we will have links out for everything so that you'll be able to get access to everything um, along with prize sheets and prize support that we have attained um, with some pri- some surprises that uh, not everybody will know about. Um, and, and no, they're not just a bunch of bloody templates this time. There you go. So I'm just going to openly <laughs> state we didn't go out and get a bunch of bloody templates and a bunch of bloody template holders for people to get because everybody gets those at every bloody tournament it seems like. We did not do this. We're, we're giving you ships that you can either sell or give to new players. Um, reminder, we'll be back next week, Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, for another amazing uh, show. Our anniversary show is coming up here this month as well. Um, we might actually just hold the anniversary. Well, there's a possibility. So here's the problem. I've looked at flights down to, down to Florida, and for whatever reason, July 9th, they are insanely costed. Like I need three hundred and fifty dollars because the flight is like eight hundred bucks to get down there for that weekend. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to figure out a way to come up with three hundred fifty dollars to fly down there. Um, if I do fly down there, we will actually do a live stream. That that will be our anniversary because me and JJ and Charles will all be in the same state at one time, and we will 100% set up at Charles's fancy house and do a live stream that Sunday night. Um, for our anniversary if if i don't get to go down there then we will be uh live doing it we'll pick another date for our live stream so yeah um for that for our anniversary with that being said thank you all for joining us if you have not subscribed to us here on twitch follow us on twitch or subscribe to us on youtube if you want to support the show you can join us over at patreon 
Facebook.com and you can forward slash Planning Face Syndicate and you can donate a dollar or two dollars, whatever floats your boat, uh, to help pay for the cost of running this show. With that being said, thank you all. Have a good night and we will see you in three minutes when we do our spoiler cast. See you, everybody. <laughs>